Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Legacy. 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 This is the Aztec Legacy Podcast with yours truly, Robert Ortiz, uh, where we learn from the legacies of the past, present, and future Aztecs. Today, we have a special guest, uh, a guy that has had a hand in, in, in creating this man you are looking at right now. Uh, he was my head coach in high school, um, but now he is, uh, he is more than that. He's a mentor, and I, I appreciate him from coming on. Mr. Chris Johnson. Thanks for having me, Robert. Thanks for having me. I'm humbled. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you came on. Um, this guy, you know, just talk, just to give a little background, he came to uh, my high school, I think when I was a sophomore, right? Yeah, yeah. Your sophomore, I mean, I was a sophomore. Not the, yeah. And uh, what's up? I think it was your freshman year. You guys were on JV still. But you were there. You were there when I was a freshman. Maybe I coached you. You played varsity three years, didn't you? Yeah, I coached you every year of varsity. So you were a freshman when I came. You were still on JV. I had I had Rashawn Sanders and Mike Reese and Matt Wadley and all those guys my first year. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So you came my freshman year. Then oh. I was I was down on the the little little guys. So I you know <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to. To get a taste of uh, Chris Johnson, yeah, but no, but you became the head coach though, right? Right after that, yeah, right after that. Okay, after that. I, that's what I'm thinking of. All right, anyways, coach Chris Johnson, uh, I know what you were from then on, <laughs> but we got to take it back. I I don't think I've ever or we've ever had this conversation uh, about before and San Diego State and even before San Diego State, so. Yeah. I'm glad I have this opportunity to to record this, get this on record, and uh, you know your your grandkids and their ki- their kids and their grandkids are going to be able to hear this story <laughs> about how their grandpapa, uh, you know, was a was an athlete and did his thing. So uh, let's start off. I mean, I know where you're from, but the people don't know. Just let us know where you're from. Uh, and what kind of kid you were, you know, what kind of sports you played growing up? Okay, sounds good. I'm definitely from the 619. I reside in the there now, but I'm a San Diego boy through and through. I was born in Dallas, Texas. A lot of people don't know that. That's why I'm a Cowboy fan. But I left oh. Dallas when I was about 18 months. And then oh. my mom, I begged my mom to move back so I could meet my cousins. So we went back for third grade year and that was it. And then oh, wow. from that time on, I've been, I've been in San Diego. So once we, by the time we returned back is when I started getting involved in sports. My first sport was soccer. My first game ever, I scored five goals, but I got ah. in the groins three times. And now you got what? I got kicked in the groin <laughs> in the nizzies. I was done. Like I'm done. <laughs> I was done. I was good with that. So what? Yep. I think I thought I would think the five goals would have just 
it felt so good that you would have said, forget it. I'm still playing. Nah, brother. Like I told you this morning when you texted me, I don't, I was on the treadmill running. I don't like to run. That's another reason why I was done with soccer. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So I wasn't getting kicked then. Yeah, it was a combination of both. But my love when I was young was baseball. As a matter of okay. fact, I still talk to my little league baseball coaches. Okay. Yeah, one is like a father figure to me. Um, I didn't meet my dad actually until I was 12. So um, when I when I met my pop, he was still kind of struggling with drugs. So um, off and on, you know, my younger brother, Anthony, when Anthony came around um, to high school, that's about the last time that I saw my pop, he kind of fell off. And then shortly thereafter, he passed away. So kind of a rough upbringing growing up in Southeast San Diego, but sports and my coaches is what kept me off the streets. Um, had a chance to do the whole gang initiation. Um, some of the homies were selling dope, had a chance to go that way, but just knew I wanted something different in my life. Uh, I tell my daughters all the time that on both sides of my family, my dad's side and my mom's side, and you'll get this because you know I competitive more. We have this um, like almost addiction to be the best at whatever we do, good or bad. So uh -huh. we start drinking, guess what we want to be? The best alcoholic. <laughs> if we start doing drugs, we want to be the best drug addict. So that was kind of the story of my life with my uncles and my uh, on both sides of the family. So I, I kind of steered away and sports kept me away from that. So Little League Baseball was it, man. Oak Park Little League, all day, every day. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that you didn't get to see your father until you were 12. And you also mentioned that your coaches were uh, kind of your that father figure for you. Yep. Um, how, how much do you see now um, you know, you being a coach, you know, you being that role for other kids. Only reason why I coach. I'm, yeah. I love sports, um, love football. I'm back coaching football again. Uh, coach Gordon kind of lured me back in. But the reason why I coach is to be an example and to help out. Because if it wasn't for my coaches, it would have been hard. I got to that age around 16 when um, uh, I kind of thought I knew everything, kind of started talking slick to my mom. And she made that phone call to Clarence Black. Anyone who listens to this podcast is from Southeast San Diego. They know Coach Black. Yeah, I got to tell you this story, man, in real life. Hopefully you can keep it on the air. We're playing, we're playing Lincoln High School. It's my yeah. uh, junior year of high school. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a good player. We're coming from the classroom through the quad. We come through the um, foyer of the gym. And he see me. I'm high-fiving everybody. Let's go, Chris. Let's go. We got to beat the high. We got to beat the high. Right? I'm feeling good about myself. I see this big, light-skinned left hand grab me by my chest and slam me against the trophy case. This is right before the game, bro. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you all the words he said, but he was like, if your mom called me again, it's on. And I knew he was serious. Absolutely. I, straight, I straightened up right from then. <laughs> it was like a light switch. Huh? Bam. Yeah. How serious he is. I posted a picture of my oldest daughter with her... She has a friend. We don't believe in boyfriends around this house, but she has a friend. <laughs> that I like likes. that. And he saw the picture. He lives in Dallas now. He called. Who is that? Who is that boy sitting next to Asia? <laughs> that's the type of coaches I had, man. And that's why I coach. That's why I coached you guys the way I did. I love it. And, you know, I feel the same way about you. You did the same thing to us, all of us. You know, at some point we had to get that light switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay so you're going back um baseball was kind of your first love yes yes 100 percent. 
And then when when did football kind of you know take take over, or did it ever? It was baseball when I was younger. When I hit high school, it was basketball. I love oh. basketball. I mean, I was oh, this, my 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 high school coach was the one who set me straight because I was one of those kids. I was going to try to be a six foot point guard. I think I'm telling you, our story is similar, dude. Our, yeah. our story is very similar. My football coach pulled me inside. He said, "There's about." 15 scholarships on a basketball team. There's 25 per year on a football team. So about a hundred, you do the math. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> right. So it wasn't really until my senior year of high school that I really decided I want to play football. Football was just something I did to relieve the anger. <laughs> no joke. But you, but you did play though. I played varsity football as a sophomore. That was your first time playing? Um, I started, actually I started when I was 12. I hated it at VP. Uh, uh -huh. uh, Valencia Park Chargers, Coach Murphy, and I tried to quit during Hell Week. And my mom's like, "Boy, I paid all that money, you know how to right. right?" She made me finish, and I didn't play again until eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. And okay. I played at I think Grossmont, and we got drilled almost every game. And I was like, "Man, this is not for me." Yeah. Um, my freshman year, I didn't play. Mm -hmm. And I was at Crawford. I was going to Horseman playing at Crawford. And then my sophomore year, all my boys played. Jamal Howard, Gene Etheridge, Jeff Thrift. I mean, all my all my close boys played. So yeah. I came out after Hell Week. I kind of did it intentionally. Myself. Oh, yeah, that is so, I can't believe that. You, of all people. Man, I did not like it, dude. I did not like it. That's Funny, you know it's funny. Every year during you know two a days hell week, um, that was my like man. You know I would stop and either it's usually when I was either getting up yep. in the morning or getting up from the nap in between. Like man, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> it was like an every year, every season thing. But then once I got to the season, wow. and then like I scored a touchdown or something, I'm like. That's why. I That's why. I do it. <laughs> you know, like, yep. Yeah. yeah that feels good. That part is the good part. Um, that's funny. I I would have never guessed, Coach. Man, and I hated football. I hated football, dude. That's why I push you guys so hard. I tell you, it was more about becoming a man and being uh, there for your family. If you think of remember all those talks, because as I grew older, I was thankful for football. There's no sport like building community teaching young boys how to be tough, how to be a real man, right? Meekness under control. It's okay to admit fears, but have courage and push through your fears. That's the part that I love about football. And I still love about it when I coach this day. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's, I mean, that's you're, that's facts right there. That's yeah. all factual and proven, factual and proven. Yes. <laughs> you, we've seen so many kids, even, you know, where we were at, yep. uh, you know, I, I went to Horizon High School. It's a Christian private school. Um, rest in peace, you know, it's not here no more. But anyways, uh, we seen some guys come through there that, you know, were not on, you know, I guess you could say a little lost and whatnot. And then you could see how them being on the football team, you know, kind of changed the way they, you know, kind of moved in life. And, and that was, that was cool to see. That's why it was so tough, brother. Growing up in the streets of Southeast, sports were so instrumental in my life that I knew that through one, being in a Christian school, the support that you got just from the teachers, the administration, having the pastors pray for you. If you could get a kid that was in a tough situation and just get them on campus and keep them busy, they had a great chance of being successful. All right, so 
you didn't even really play till sophomore year. Yep. All right. <laughs> Basketball and baseball player until then, brother. All right. Well, let's talk before we get into the football. I want to, let's talk about the baseball. Let's talk about uh, basketball. What 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 kind of player were you in baseball? What position? You can ask any of my coaches. I probably could have played collegiate baseball or basketball. I was a center really? fielder. I was yeah. I was good. Not not. I was I was good. I was really good. okay. I played center field and baseball. Um, when I was younger, of course, shortstop pitcher, right? The best athletes who play shortstop pitcher. When I got to high school, I was a center fielder. And then in basketball, I was a natural point guard. But because um, when I got older, I had to play more down low because we had a small team. But coming up, like Robert, I would walk from Southeast San Diego to Lemon Grove Rec to play basketball. No joke. This was my, this was my Saturday morning. I would get up in the morning, eat potatoes and onions, walk down Imperial, all the way mm -hmm. to the uh, Lemon Grove Rec, which is down by the Lemon. I would yeah. play to like 12 or one o'clock. I would walk back to four or five park. I would play until the lights went off. And then I would walk to El, Cho El Choyan Park, which is over by the hospital mm -hmm. because they had lights. And I would play to like 10, 30, 11 o'clock until the lights shut off. I would walk back to four or five park and I wouldn't go home until I made a hundred straight free throws. That's where I got my work ethic from. I see that, man. I remember you had me in uh, 12, Anthony Johnson, his, his, his younger brother. I remember. You had us, I think we were in the gym, it had to be like midnight or something. Yeah. It was late and we were dribbling and, yep. and shooting and doing all that stuff. That was, uh, that's actually something I'll never forget. That was fun, actually. You know me, I, I like that type like of stuff. like that hard work, yep. I mean, so what time were you getting home? That, I mean, you just said 10 o'clock, you were going back midnight, to shoot. Midnight, one o'clock. I had a guy uh, named Gene. I forget Gene's last name, but Gene worked at the and within the rec facilities. And um, he took on to me, man, maybe eighth grade year. He's like, Chris, you, you got what it take, man. You got something special. And he would tell me, you know, stay off the streets and stuff. So I would wait for him to get off work. <clears throat> he would get off work at 10 o'clock and I would walk down to Southcrest Park, which is like a 15 minute walk from our um, from our condo. And mm -hmm. he would teach me how to shoot until midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And then I walk back home. I wasn't even tripping where I wasn't even tripping where I was living at. Now, it, that's what I was just about to say. I mean, at that time, you know, time of night, I'm saying, who knows what was going on? I walked by a couple of outline bodies in the grass where police had been there. Really? Oh, no. Yeah, it was Southeast was no joke during that time. We used to have a mobile police station at the park when I would play basketball on Saturdays and Sundays. So that, that, then that was almost like you had security then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that worked. Then that's probably the safest place to be then. Um, all right. And then baseball wise, uh, batting. How was your batting? I was either between one, three, and four. I was one, three, and five. When I played all stars, I usually would bat um, more like five, six, because uh, I had a, there was always a guy a little bit faster than me. His name Brian Watson. Um, Put it like this: When he got to high school, he ran like a ten six hundred. Ooh, yeah, he could go. <laughs> we call him B Dub. <laughs> he so he did lead off my one of my best friends in the world, Jeff Thrift, who's an amazing baseball player. He would always bat third. So, and then I wasn't really a power hitter, so I bat in a five or six slot. All right, so now we get to your tenth grade year. You, you decide I'm going to go out and play football after training camp. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. 
And uh, so now I, I know there's a lot of things that the coaches find out about players during camp. So you obviously weren't there for that. Right. But what did you find out or what did they find out about you coming in that late? And what, what position did you play and where, where were you at? That I would hit anything that moved. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I would hit anything that moved. I played middle linebacker um, my sophomore year on JV. And I got brought up after three games, maybe four games on JV to varsity. And I played middle linebacker. So my sophomore and junior year, I played middle linebacker. And then my junior year, I was a first team all league guard. I played guard. Right guard, 35 crit draft. Yep. What? What was the big? Oh, my goodness. All right, so wait. Hold on. We, we didn't even say what high school. It was Crawford High School, correct? The, Crawford High School. There's only two real high schools in America. Well, now, now there's three. <laughs> oh, okay. What's that? There's Crawford High School, Horizon High School, now Desert <laughs> Christian Academy High School. O only places you were at? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh man! Oh my gosh! So you played guard? I was a right guard in high school, dude. First team. I didn't play guard. I was first team all league guard, number fifty six, because I love Lawrence Taylor. This is this is mind blowing to me. Now you understand why I tell you guys the team because because I'm I'm I I know where you ended up. So I'm like, what the? <laughs> how the heck did somebody go from guard? there all right we're gonna get there but shoot <laughs> this is all right good. hard work <laughs> I, I understand all right so what were when you were playing guard and middle linebacker yep what was what what were the the i guess the inspirations that you looked up to that you know made your your uh what should i say motor okay or, or at the time when I was at when I was at Crawford, Crawford was a good football school. Crawford and Lincoln would battle for the small school to see who would go to the to the Murph to play in the CIF championship. There was this wow. dude named Ibone, Ivory Randall, one of the hardest hitters I've ever seen in my life. Robert Ortiz, no joke. He hit a dude so hard that he broke his face mask. Wait, hold on. Even harder than D. Lou? He's right there with Daryl Lewis. Is the hardest. Oh yeah, you hold on. You almost forgot. No, I said one of the. I'm telling you. Okay, one of you did say one of. Right. Yeah, one of. Yeah, no, Daryl Lewis is the hardest. But I just Daryl Lewis. Just for people that are listening, Daryl Lewis, uh, he was our, our defensive coordinator when I was there. Uh, or you know, Chris was my head coach, but he uh, Daryl Lewis was the D coordinator, and he is also an Aztec, so he will be on this yeah, podcast sure. at some point. But uh, he was crazy at practice. He would put on helmets, no shoulder pads, nothing. He would come heads up with us. It was crazy. Anyways, he's talking about him being, you know, one of, and then this other gentleman, Eyebone, Eyebone. being, yep. <laughs> being the other. Okay, go ahead. Ivory, Finish your Ivory left Crawford and went to Washington, University of Washington. That showed me that, you know what, if I stick with it, I got an opportunity to play college, college football. Then okay. um, my junior year, I just talked to this guy too, Alex Cano, played at the University of Notre Dame, came back and he coached linebackers my junior year. So my sophomore year, I was struggling, you know, little bitty dude, 155, 160 pounds, scared to death, trying to figure it out. 
you know, I was just running there full speed, close my eyes and just, like I said, hit anything that moves. But he taught me how to play the position. He taught me how to read guards, how to take on a fullback, how to take on a lineman bigger than me, how to get underneath their shoulder pads. And that's, uh, when, and that's when I knew that I had that I had it. OK. And so recruiting wise, was there was there a lot of recruitment going on? I was the typical really good high school athlete. I had tons of letters, right? We know that those letters mean nothing. Yes. <laughs> I had two boxes from everywhere in the country, UCLA, yeah. USC, you name it. I had it. Yep. So, and then one of my teammates at the time was a Street and Smith uh, preseason All-American. So coaches were coming. So we just knew that something was going to happen. Um, I ended up getting hurt my senior year. I strained a groin. So you're not going to believe it's my senior year. I played quarterback and outside linebacker. So I went from guard, middle linebacker to quarterback and outside linebacker. I always had okay. this dream to play quarterback and um, I didn't want to lose. Hey, all right. Wait, you can't just skip over that. So how did that even come about? Like, did you say, hey, coach, I want to be on to play quarterback yep. or during spring football? We had a kid that had an arm, but was a under was a junior. And I didn't think he was taking it serious enough. Um, actually, I thought he was scary and I didn't think that he was going to give us the best chance to win. And that's why yeah. I play guard, right? I never complain one bit. I, I, I love winning more than the position I play. I, I hate to lose. I, I'm, yes, I cannot stand losing. So I went to coach Dan Armstrong, another great man. He just finished coaching out here where I live at now. He just retired. He's moving to Ohio. Um, I said, Coach Armstrong, I want to play quarterback. He laughed at me. And all the fellows looked and was like, Coach, he, he can throw a little bit. So he said, let me see you throw the ball. So I threw a fade route with no, no joke, easy, about 50 yards. When I was in high school, I had a cannon because of my baseball. I could throw the ball 50 yards on my knees. Yeah, see, that, that's what I'm saying. I thought when you said baseball, I'm like, okay, you probably played quarterback or something like that. And then you said guard. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't have the confidence as a young buck to, to ask to play quarterback. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. So, so you decided – this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask coach or I'm going to tell coach I'm going to do it. I'm going to show him. Yep. And, uh, and then did you get the confidence there or what, what, what? He gave me an opportunity. He's like, okay, here we go. I'll, if you can do it during spring ball, if you can, if you can win out, then you'll play quarterback. And I won a spot during spring football. So all, nice. all right. So, so coming into your senior year, you said you, you got injured, but what, did you get some games in? How did yeah, I missed, I missed four to five games. Um, um, we we're getting ready to play Rancho Buena Vista. They had two boys that end up going to USC. I'll never forget this. I was so excited about this game. And um, during practice, we were running the option. We were running the veer option. I went, it was muddy, and I pulled, I pulled the, the, uh, the veer, and I went to attack the outside linebacker. And as he was coming, you know, you teach the option quarterback to give as they're getting ready to pitch. When I went to give, my foot, my plant foot gave, and I did the splits. So I ripped what's called my sartorius muscle, which goes to the inside and knee all the way up to the uh, hip flexor. So I missed five weeks. Oh, man, I was crushed. So you did like uh, LeBron James a couple of years ago yep. <laughs> when he slipped like that? You remember that? Yep. Yeah. yep. Yeah. I was out going to therapy. Oh, okay. Well, so you got, so how many games did you get? I mean, there's only a total of what, like 10 games? With playoffs, I probably played six games that year. I missed six, four. Okay. So that obviously affected recruitment, right? 
Yeah, right? yeah, but my coach was a boss, dude. That was back in the day before huddle, and um, it was phone calls, and it wasn't cell phones. It was he, he, his, his cell. I mean, his bill was three hundred bucks. I still I talked to his wife about two years ago out here. She was like, "Yeah, I remember you, Chris Johnson. You had my phone bill over three hundred dollars." He called everybody. So this is a true story. I was wishing Boise State and Spencer Danielson would have beat San Jose State the other day in the Mountain West Championship. This is hmm. why it was a Friday. It was at, right, right toward the end of basketball season. Coach has set up a trip for me to go to San Jose State. So I'm excited, right? Every high school kid wants to go on a trip on a recruiting visit. Just if you can just experience one, right? Yeah. Um, so I bring my bass to school. He's going to take me to the airport right after school. At school, right around lunchtime, he calls and tells me that they signed someone that weekend and that they weren't going to fly me in, that they were done recruiting. Oh. Yeah, I still carry a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And, and wait, so back then, weren't you in the same, weren't they in the WAC? Um, no, they were not in the WAC. What were they in? I can't remember what company. They, they were not in the WAC. Nuh-uh. Oh, they weren't? Okay. Yeah. I thought you. I wish. I wish. Because <laughs> they're in they're in the Mountain West now yeah. with us. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So what? So what? What does that mean? You know, you you oh. you get you get the the trip gets canceled. Um. So what does that mean for for your future? So he, uh, Coach Armstrong, calls San Diego State, tells him about me. Al Luganville had just got hired, so they were still doing some recruiting. Um. Dan Underwood. Uh, was one of our position coaches. His son, Danny Underwood Jr., played at Torrey Pines. So we're in the CIF, I think it was semifinals of basketball. And we, and we go up to Torrey Pines to play. So um, Coach Luganbill is coming to hang out with one of his um, boys and he see, hang out. <laughs> Coach told him I was going to be playing. So yeah. I balled out. I balled out. So they, they knew I could hit. They didn't know if I could move well enough to play safety. So I will give Al Luganville this. He has an eye for talent. So he saw me move around on the um, on the basketball court, and he offered me a priority walk on. Hey, hey, the walk on. So we are so we are similar then. <laughs> I mean, mine, mine. They didn't come see me, but they gave me a priority walk on. Yep. That's cool. Yep. You ever even think about trying to play basketball in college too? A hundred percent. We used to give them the business. We used to play the basketball team during the offseason, during the springtime. Yeah. Buckets. Me. But I'm talking, I'm talking about going in, like, okay, so you're, you're gonna give me a priority walk-on, but I, I think I want to try to play basketball too. Are you thinking you, 100%, that? Especially after I got there and I played against the kids on the basketball team and pick up. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, we and what, did anything ever come of it? No, I I I I I stuck with just playing football. When you get to San Diego State, that is what, 90? 89. I got August, August, I graduated June 89. So we started camp. I'll never forget my camp always started on my birthday, August 7th, 89. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's 89. Um, and what what is your mentality going in? Because, you know, first off, 10th grade, you you skip camp. <laughs> We're not going to, I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> Skip camp, <laughs> you you go, you play, junior year, your 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 guard and um, first team all league guard. Don't forget that part. 
Maxim guard and middle linebacker. And uh, and then your senior year, you are outside linebacker quarterback. Yes, sir. Now you're going into division one football now. Right. You gotta go to camp. Right. And you gotta um, I mean, I don't know if you have a position at this point, but go uh, tell us about that that just transition going into D1 and then how you how you settled on, you know, safety let's, or DC. let's rewind because that summer we played in the Alex Spano's all-star game. So, Oh yeah. There was, I played in that. So there was a guy that didn't play and a friend of mine, Roy Reed, he was a coach at Lincoln. He was, I think he was on the staff. He begged and pleaded for them to pick me up and they really hadn't heard about me because I missed the games. I had never played safety. Long story short, um, I ended up playing. That's where I met Daryl Lewis at. That's where me and Daryl Lewis became friends. I had heard of him. He went to what, he went to what high school? Morris. Daryl was an All-American Morris. coming out of high school. Okay. Yeah, he went to Ohio State first before he went to Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real deal. I'm excited to hear hear that, how he got to San Diego State from Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him tell you that. Oh, yeah. No, I know. He has to tell the story. Uh, so um, we played, and he just spoke life into me. He's like, dude, you 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 can play. You can play. So I remembered that. So when I got to camp, um, it was hit everything that moved. I was mad. You know how it is. You see the guys that are there and you're like, they got scholarships. Are you serious? Okay. Game on. So you do one of two things at that time. Either you sulk and you you cry and complain or you buckle it up and be like, okay, I'm getting ready to earn mine. So I earned my scholarship within a week. There was five kids from a high school that quit, that walked away from a full ride scholarship. So they opened up. Oh, and and what's crazy is, you know, just you just mentioned it, you know, you you could do one of two things, but let's just say you decided to 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 sulk and and, you know, just, you know, be all negative and whatnot and not go out there and perform those five that left that that opportunity was was given. Uh, that might not have gone to you. Nope. You know, you would have still been sulking and still been negative. So that's a that's a lesson learned in itself. You know, just you never know what's what's on the other side of twenty four hours or you know seven days. Yep. You know, so just you know be be focused and, and do what you got to do. So that's some that's crazy to think about. I mean, just that. So how did that feel? I mean, I'm sure that was emotional. I was elated. Cause we didn't have the money to pay for school. I just, yeah. I wasn't, I wouldn't save them, but it, that was a huge faith walk. I didn't know how I was going to pay for school because this is how uneducated I was regarding college. And this is probably why I'm in education. Now I didn't know you could go to college without having a sports scholarship. My counselor met, I met my counselor twice in my, in my high school career. The second yeah. time I met my counselor, he told me, he looked at my grades. I had like a three, between three, five and three, seven. He's like, wow, you had grades to go to college. That's what he said. I was only the second person in my family to go to college, third person in my family to go to college. At that time, yeah. All right, so man. Testimony. Yeah, I got, I, well, I got to, I, you got to expand a little bit more on your emotions, getting that scholarship and and maybe did your family, like your mother. My mom was, my mom was, she, she, my mom has always told me this, man. I, I still say it to this day, baby, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. So when I told her, she's like, 
I told you whatever you put your mind to, you could do it. My mom has always been my rock, always. She's always spoken life into me. So I cried, I was excited, but then I went back to work because I was al I almost traveled as a true freshman. I was too deep. I went for a number. I started six deep on a depth chart. This is one of my testimonies. When I came, you know, you look, you look at your name. I was the last one on the depth chart. I was six deep. By the end, by the last scrimmage of fall camp, I had moved up to twos, and uh, I twisted my ankle so bad. I was chasing a guy down, and I made the tackle. But the I could see the bottom of my cleats. Yeah, I twisted my ankle bad. They said it would have been better for me to break it than to sprain it. Yeah. So I started my college career on campus on crutches for about two months. <laughs> so I ended up redshirting. Okay. Um, man, yeah, so you're similar. Uh, I had Marshall Falk on here, and he was telling me how when he got to camp, he was seven, at number seven or whatever, and he moved up. Yep. That's Your story is a little bit crazier because not only were you six or seven on the depth chart, you were also a walk on. walk on and within that has to be what less than a month a time you went to scholarship to potentially second on the depth chart and now that had to have bring some some type of uh emotional obstacle in itself you know because you're going you know that's a roller coaster you, right. you're here then you go up then you go back down so um and not only that you're going into college right a whole different just a whole different world you know so how was that transition for you going through what you went through mentally and emotionally that was tough that was really tough because you had put so much into the athletic piece that you forget as a freshman i don't know if you remember this just that because you're on campus before everyone else yeah and then all of a sudden school starts right so now I'm starting school. I'm already nervous about, you know, can I do school academically? But now I'm hurt. I can't yeah. travel. You know, I still got this chip on my shoulder because I was a walk on. You know, I want to show everybody I could do it. And now I can't, you know, I can't, I, I can't play. So John Lewis, I don't know if you had him on the show already. John Lewis, um, he's the son of um, Joe Lewis, the boxer. He went to Point Loma High School. Um, John, his, his dorm room was next to mine. He would literally, because our, our, we had a um, sociology class, Dr. Eman together. We would, so he would walk with me from the villas all the way to the, the west side of campus, almost down by where, where the steps are at. Now it's where, where the Aztec Bowl is at. We would walk- You walk from the VAs on, all the- On my crutches, dog. I mean, you couldn't get a ride. Come on, man. Pride for walk on. Still oh I'm still carrying that chip. I'm not asking. I got it. And again, me and John played in the all-star game together. So I had a relationship with John. Yeah. So he helped me with my books, my backpack. You know, we had a good time. Good time. But that's, I mean, I guess that's character building too. A hundred percent. Doing all, doing that, walking uh, on crutches to your classroom, you know, and again, I will say it all again. You were a walk-on, now Scully, you know, was doing well, potentially going to play. Now he's not playing. You know, like, it, you had opportunities to go the opposite way. Yes. You know, what, what is, I mean, I know you, were, you had that pride, but, I mean, what inside you kept you from going the other way? My pops. Elaborate. So, 
Um, you know, Darren Carrington was the guy that led me to the Lord. Um, I didn't notice at that time, but after getting saved and getting married and having kids, he would always tell me that <clears throat> you can be a great father, even if you didn't have a great dad, just by doing opposite. So my dad hurt and scarred me so much that I wanted so much more for my life. That was my driving that drove me unlike no other. I was already a natural born competitor, but I wanted so much from my life because of the pain and hurt. Like I would cry myself to sleep at night, wondering, are you good enough? Why isn't, why isn't daddy here? So yeah. that's why you guys always saw my kids around when I was coaching. So yeah. what my pop didn't do was a big part of driving me. So it's two ways, right? You can have a great father and you want to live up to it like you, right? I You know, I love Bobby. Bobby's incredible. Or you can go the other way where Pops is not there. And again, one or two ways, you can cry over spilt milk, or you can say, this is the hand that's been dealt me. I'm gonna play it to the best of my ability. And that's how my mom raised me. So I didn't want to end up like my pop. I wanted that college degree. I wanted to go, I wanted to go pro and I wanted to have a family. That was, that's what kept that burning desire. And, and there's the answer. And, and, but I also wanted, um, not skip over what your mom taught you, you know, like wh what exactly was she telling you about your father that, you know, like, cause, cause I mean, it, it had to have come up at some point in your in, growing up, you know, you, you either asked her mm -hmm. like, Hey, what, you know, what's going on or, you know, and, and, and what did she have to tell you? Because again, this podcast is not only, for us to record and get your journey, but it's also to help other people's journey that could be potentially in your, in your shoes. So Amen. just to, just, and, and they might not have a mother like yours that told you whatever it is that, the, that she told you. Yeah. So yeah. just trying to get that out. That's a great, that's a great question. So my mom spoke negatively of my dad one time in my life. She never, never talked bad about him. And now looking back on it, I'm like, you had every opportunity. And she's just a classy woman, classy woman. And the one time she did is remember when I tell you my little league coach had to jam me up yeah. during that time when I was starting to talk slick to her. Uh -huh. and I was trying to blame her for my dad not being around. And with tears in her eyes, she said, if your dad wanted to be here, he could be here. I never told him he couldn't be here. Mm. And that was, that's not even that bad. <laughs> and she just walked away and she well, yeah, well, she and then she told me she didn't want me to be a lazy BBB. Oh, okay. There was more. <laughs> got, it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That was the only time. And it's because I pushed her buttons. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's funny how, <laughs> you know, someone could only take so much and they're like, hold on, let me bring you down to reality. Yes. This is what it is. Yes. You know, and that's it. Boom. When my dad was around, he wasn't on drugs. Incredible dude. Funny. Yeah. You know, he would cook, he would clean, you know, he would pick up Anthony, my younger brother from school, just great. But those drugs, he just couldn't kick that drug habit. So everyone has that vice, right? And sometimes that vice can destroy your life and it destroyed his life. He missed out on a lot of good things because of it. Uh, all right. So now you're, let's get past the crutches. Let's get past now you're getting, you got to come back, right? You got to make a comeback. And obviously you're red shirting. So you have some time, uh, but what, uh, what was that journey like coming back? I mean, cause I'm sure you didn't play until spring again. Right. Right. 
And then um, what did, were you, where were you on the depth chart at that point? When I came back red shirt freshman year, by that time, Daryl Lewis had transferred back in, I believe. No, did Daryl come back sophomore year? I was either one or I was either one or two. I think I probably started two. I think I'm, okay. I'm starting. It was either one or two. I can't, I can't remember, but I had formed so much depth about me, Robert, just from walking on, getting hurt. And then you know how it is, right? When you hurt, you got to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to go to rehab. Right. Yeah. And then you got to do your, your, your before practice rehab, right. Then post-practice rehab. So a lot of your time is, is taken up. I have formed so much depth and desire. I didn't complain. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to make the best. Out, I'm going to make the best out of this. So when it came time for that spring, I was, I was ready. I was, I was, I was definitely ready. Yeah. Nice. And, and okay. And, and you were ready, but what happened? Um, I ended up starting, I, I balled out. I, actually, I ended, I ended set twos because my first start was against BYU on national television at up in Provo. I ended up starting. And what's your most memorable moment at San Diego State period? This is all your, all your years. My most memorable moment of college happened my second year of college. Okay. You know who Jamal Duff is? You ever watch, um, What's that? Dodgeball, the movie Dodgeball. Yeah. The Bureau Talk yeah. Black Dude. Yeah. He was one of my teammates. Oh, really? Yeah, played for the Raiders. Dude, body like by he's Greek god, just ripped up. Yeah. 6'8, 245, just ripped up. Long yeah. story short, uh, we're over at the Commons eating and um we're leaving, and I see this beautiful caramel thing. And I go up to him, you know where I'm going. I go up to him, I'm like, who is that fine thing right there? He's like, oh, that's my girl's roommate. And she's my wife now. Uh, Lisa, <laughs> shout out to Lisa. That's right, baby. Yep. Hey, got her. I'm, I like that. I, yeah, I met, I met my wife in college, so I was blessed. We were on, whew, I think, 30 years now almost, which include marriage and dating. Yeah, that's so sweet, man. I like how you added that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I met my wife on campus too. I remember that. <laughs> yep. All right, and then you're, you're you got you can't skip over the welcome to D one. I'm trying to think, dude. It had to, man. I mean, it could be anything. Something you know. I mean, if you have to think about it, then you didn't have one. No, you know, like, I, I know, I know, I, I know, I had one. I just can't remember. I was angry that first year, Robert. So I didn't get walloped a lot. I was doing a lot of walloping. I was here. Yeah, that's what I said. It could be either way. It could be like, oh, I came to D1 and that was my it was welcome. Probably, it was probably a hit. We should do a force drill where the safeties and corners would work together. One person would be fullback, one would be tailback, and then you have a safety or corner that got to come same foot, same shoulder. And I just remember doing that drill my first year, my, my freshman year, and just trying to kill them dudes. Yeah. Just trying to. There wasn't one where like everybody was like, oh, crazy, like. Nah, but it, afterwards they were giving my respect. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, so we'll talk about, what did they call it? What drill is it? Force drill. Force drill, all right. We did it at, Force drill. We did it at Horizon. Oh, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't call it the force drill, did we? 100% we did it, yes. You, oh, I, I don't remember what they called it. Turn the ball back inside. We did it. All right. Fast forward to your plan now is there a is there a play that you or a, a game that you'll never forget while you were at san diego state i had a pretty good first game against byu 
but my my top games will be would have probably been um UCLA at the Murph. I blew a fullback up. Uh BYU at 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 Jack at Jack Murphy again. I hit a kid on a swing pattern. That's probably my hardest hit in football. I would I, I'm still looking for my highlight tape. It was one of them things where his helmet hit the ground first. That was back in the day when you could hit up here. You didn't have to hit down here in the chest. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. My most memorable play was against Wyoming, my last game at San Diego State. I had a, a pick six, 76 yard return for touchdown. Hey, I spiked the ball. 76 yards, huh? Yeah, the line. That means you didn't get caught. That same dude, Jamal Duff, was running with me, though, as a, oh, okay. as a D lineman. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just saying, <laughs> 76 yards and not get caught. That's a big, that's that's even more impressive than act, the actual uh, uh, I, uh, interception. I picked I picked a slant. I just, oh, so there's nobody there. there. Nobody there. <laughs> 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 Got it. <laughs> I jumped the slant. They came out in a formation we had studied. I jumped the slant. Hey, but still, <laughs> you could get hawks. I've seen many people get hawks. I hear you. Yeah, you were not letting that happen. I like that. At San Diego State, did you play any other sports or while you were there? Just just uh, intramural. I did some intramural stuff my last year to keep the scholarship going. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did a ton of one unit classes, but no other sports, no other um, ASB or anything like that. It was just it was all football. You know, all football. Okay. And 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 how old was uh was twelve? Was Anthony at that? Oh man, so. Anthony was born in 85. So when I when I left in 93, he was eight. They still remember him. Like my boy Cy New, Marshall, of course, Marshall, Darnay Scott, all of them do. They still I would bring him to the locker room. I want yeah. him to see just that what it looked like to play college football. You know, if you see it, you can believe it. I still yeah. remember to talk to your dad had with you and the things that he would take you to do. Yeah. If you see it, you can believe it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I know your father was in and out, but did you have, did you feel like you were his father in a way? Like you were that, had to take on that role oh, in a way? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's one of the reasons why I stopped chasing my NFL career. He was a, before he came to Horizon, he was at a, a, a middle school over in Southeast and I had bought him some Jordans. I was with the Vikings. I bought him some Jordans and I got home shortly thereafter uh, we had just lost to the Cowboys and some dude had threatened his life and told him to give him the Jordans. Supposedly he was related to some gang member, but I snapped. Uh, that's, that's a bad thing on, on the Johnson side. There's a, we have that, that, that wrath anger where you don't, you just black out and you don't think about it. Next time I'm at the school looking for him and they begged me, please, you just don't know this family. Please just let it go. It's good. Let it go. And I was like, you don't know me. I had snapped. And when I finally came to, I was like, man, this is stupid. I'm, I called Zach Jones at Horizon. I was like, Z, <clears throat> I need to know how to get my brother in the Horizon. That next year, he was at Horizon. Man, that's crazy. Over some Jordans. Was it going to take his life? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, okay, so now you, um, I always ask guys this. If you could make a phone call to your 18, 19-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Always believe. Always believe. Elaborate. Elaborate on that. You're going to always go through ups and downs. Uh -huh. Like right now, 
a lot of people don't know that my wife is in Temecula three days a week because my father-in-law has stage four cancer, right? Mm -hmm. um, right after you left, my mom got lung cancer, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's football, what they're going through in the bubble right now. Life is always up and down. It's never perfect. It's never always happy. You have to have a belief. You have to have a faith that you're going to make it through. And a lot of people don't have that belief. They don't have that faith. They quit and they give up when things get tough. That's like doing hitting drills. You know, you might be going to get someone bigger, stronger, faster than you. Only thing the coach, a good coach is going to ask you to do is give your best. And that's all God asks of us is just give your very best. And that takes a belief to be okay with giving your best. So I would tell my the 18, 19 year old self, just always have faith, never give up. For sure. I love it. And then you think you would listen? Yes, 100%. Because that's how, that's for the most part, even though I wasn't saved, that's how I was able to make it out of Southeast San Diego with a dad that was on drugs, single mom that was on welfare half of my life to college. I, I had a, I had a belief. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing your journey. Uh, with the Aztec family. Um, this is the Aztec Legacy Podcast. And just to remind you guys, this podcast is not mine. This is ours. This is the, the Aztec families. So, you know, if anybody has any uh, feedback or anything, please let me know. Um, again, I want to thank you, Coach Chris Johnson, uh, my coach, um, one of my mentors for coming on the show and sharing his journey. Appreciate you, man. The thing I respected about you always, you and Spencer Downs and the two hardest working kids I ever coached, what you're doing now is about work ethic. Whenever you have a dream, you do. I still remember when you were talking about putting this podcast together. You call me and let me know. And now yeah. see it a reality. Proud of you, brother. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Legacy. it. Legacy. 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 Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.